Bob Newhart. Uh, you'll notice, too, there's a, a, a non-traditional approach. We think of a comic, uh, that is the old-time comic, as someone who's brash, known as a stand-up comic. Here's someone who's uh, relatively uh, shy, who is telling a story. Uh, Bob is our guest this morning. He's at uh, Mr. Kelly's now. Be there for a couple of more weeks, won't you? Till the 24th. Till the 24th. And I'm sure that uh, the audience is more and more people begin to know of you. Your album has recently been uh, released, and I know Ray Nordstrand and Norm have been playing it. I've, uh, a lot of people come into the club and on the midnight special of They've heard it, and I'm just well, Bob. I think <coughs> your story should be an interesting one. And we'll come to this here. This matter of uh, the baseball, how to play. This is the beginning of, of one of the routines you have. Mm -hmm. Here you're touching. Uh, Commercialism itself, yeah. marketing a game. Yeah, yeah. Use the phrase, uh, well, it's a game for couples. Would you mind telling us how you, how you came to create this routine? Well, I, th I think it, uh, it came from uh, an overall idea uh, that uh, many of the things, um, uh, many of the inventions that, or uh, uh, games of the past uh, wouldn't make it today because they had so many things against them. So it's sort of taking uh, an anachronism from the past mm -hmm. and putting in present day and, and, uh, you and say seeing how it would be treated as opposed to the way it uh, developed by itself uh, some 50 or 100 years ago. You say they would have had so many things against, against them. them. I'm curious yeah. about this, how you, Bob Newhart, uh, came to work this out to create this particular skit. What would they have against them? What is it about today? Because obviously every one of these routines you, you have created is a commentary on today. You know, what is it about today that would make the old-time games uh, unacceptable, non-acceptable? Well, thing, things are so scientific today, uh, uh, especially, uh, especially in the field of personnel uh, placement, where you have tests, and really a man's uh, a man's uh, value is determined on tests. And, and so often you read in the paper where the president of a corporation, uh, they gave a test to. Uh, when they finally instituted the test system, and he'd been there some 50 years and doubled and tripled their, the capital and, and just built up the company. And uh, he took the test, and they found out that uh, if the tests were present at the time he were hired, he would have never been hired because he, he had a personality clash or he, wouldn't, he didn't mix well with the fellow employees and he didn't have the, uh, you know, the uh, employee team uh, concept that, that they look for in uh, getting along with people. Sort of a prefabricated men, like prefabricated right, housing. Right. Anyway, this is, so if if I'm assuming correctly, you're in your own quiet, gentle way protesting against the mechanical aspects of our um, living. Uh, sort of, yeah. I, uh, really, says I don't I don't set out to do no. a commentary, but uh, sometimes you, uh, uh, I, I think you limit yourself too much. Uh, but there are sometimes uh, I I think usually what you feel strongly you can usually do better than something you try to create. I mean, if I set out to, to create a comedy routine and sat down at a desk, it would be very difficult because you would think of comedy situations. Whereas if you take something you feel strongly about and attempt to present it in a humorous way, because I think ridicule or humor is one of the most effective methods. Of, I think Mort Saul has done more to, to hurt Nixon with his biting comments than, than all the political addresses and, and quoting of voting records and, and things like that. So it, it's a very dangerous thing, really. I mean, ridicule is a, 
it's, it's a responsibility, and a responsible person has to has to use it. I'm not saying that I'm that person, but Mortsall has to be very careful because he can, with a phrase, destroy a man. You so. differ from Mortsall in that uh, a lot of uh, Mort's comments are political commentary. Political, yes. Yours are just commentary of our on our customs and mores. Right, much. right. What of you? You mentioned, uh, instead of sitting down at a desk thinking it out, it comes to you. The desk uh, brings to mind uh, past life of Bob Newhart. You originally, you weren't thinking of theater originally, or of entertainment, were you? No, um, originally, uh, oh, I guess after I got out of high school and went into college, I had thought of law as the as my ultimate goal. I was in a play group, and I think all people in, in small stock companies uh, feel that lightning is going to strike. and. and uh, but you were an accountant, weren't you? Were you an accountant? Well, I worked I worked as an accountant. I was going to law school nights, and I had an accounting job during the day. And uh, I also, uh, in the first semester of law school, I had a job as a law clerk. And I saw the law as it is practiced and the law as it is in the law books, and, and there seemed to be a discrepancy there that uh, was kind of shocking, you know. Uh, I wish I had realized uh, what you realized. I wish I hadn't gone through three years of it, and, and I realized it as soon as you did. Well, I, I think, I think it, it's valuable training, though. It's, uh, it's training, I, training of the mind. Here I must disagree mind. with you. I found it wholly, well, I'm, you're being interviewed. I, f I found it wholly a waste of three years of my life. But we'll come back. I feel very strongly law, about law this. School? Yes, <laughs> I'd rather forget it. <laughs> we'll come back to right. Bob Newhart. I found it a terrible waste. I found uh, this is this is the opposite of I know that the traditional finding law is helpful. I find it awful. However, Bob Newhart, you were an accountant. I worked as an accountant and not a very good one either, really. Well, that's what I'm trying to determine here. How, with your penchant for humor and observation, here you were with a ledger in front of you. Now, would you mind? Uh, could you possibly describe your thoughts as an accountant? I'm probing now. Well, I, I can I can show you one instance. Uh, of, which I think finally uh, settled that I wasn't uh, to be an accountant. I was working, I had row num uh, desk number 12 in a row of 34 desks at this one corporation in their accounting department. And this one fellow, uh, I'd been there about three weeks, and he and I hadn't exchanged word one yet. <clears throat> and so I attempted to break the ice. And, uh, it turned out his, his favorite source of conversation was the weather. And he used to like to uh, guess humidities and temperatures and he turned to me one day and he said I'll bet it's about 75 out and he says uh, it's about uh, humidity is about 65 percent well never having had someone turn to me and say I'll bet it's 75 out and the humidity is about 65 percent and I said oh I, I don't I don't think it's that humid you know so he called up the the weather bureau and it was 74 and the humidity was 55 percent and I said, uh, I, I knew it wasn't that humid. <laughs> and, and he was aghast that I could, I could tell the difference between 10 degrees of humidity. So I just uh, I went back to my adding machine, and I don't think we exchanged more than four words uh, the rest of my time at this corporation. I think about you and the adding machine. I mean, <laughs> did this become, did this experience of yours, and I assume a traumatic experience? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was now, looking back. Did 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 this become the uh, one of the sources? Well, in, in one in one instance, it did. I uh, another fellow and I collaborated on some um, some radio bits, and I can remember one that evolved uh, out of out of this uh, my experiences at this uh, corporation. We did a thing on a a guy interviewing a, a head switcher at a at a uh, a railroad yard, 
And he was asking him, uh, how do you go about learning this job with all these maze of dials and switches? And I was a, the dispatcher of the switcher, and I said, well, it's mainly trial and error. You know, I said, the first week you make a lot of mistakes, and the second week you make less, and the third week, and by the fourth week you have it down. And he said, well, uh, that seems like an awfully expensive way of going about it. And I said, well, we've tried books, and, and we've tried charts, but I, I, there's something about seeing cars sprued all over the yard that makes an impression on you. And as, as it developed, we started talking. He said, well, these two trains that are coming head on, he says, now you're going to switch those. And I said, well, I can't, uh, I can't switch those. I don't have a, a D07 on those. And he says, what's a D07? I said, well, that's a form we have whenever two trains have been put on the wrong track, as these two obviously have. And he said, well, you mean you're just going to sit here and, and, and not touch those, uh, those switches? And I said, well, uh, is somebody in the main office goofed? You know, it isn't my fault. I said, uh, if, if we did away with the D07, this form we have, I said, we'd have nothing but chaos around here and with us, the trains collide. So it was, it was sort of a commentary yeah. on, uh, on the form, form. Uh, per se, as a form. You know, Paperwork. That, that, uh, that everything's going to turn out all right as long as you do it according to the form, yeah. and especially civil service thinking, where uh, there is no imagination at all. Everything, there's a form for everything. So the, the very experiences you had, your early occupations, accountant, dispatcher, subject to forms, the written word, the book, the ledger, became the, your targets. Well, it, as it turned, again, on these radio scripts, uh, uh, once I got into it, uh, and we had a responsibility to turn out 65 of them in 13 weeks, then I began uh, looking back upon my life and looking for sources, uh, which I hadn't done before because I hadn't thought of comedy as a, as a career. It was merely things would amuse me and I would make a mental note of them, but I never used them, never had any intention of using them. And once you get into the comedy field, you start looking for things because you, you have to. You're always looking for new material. And I would look back on my past and this particular form situation uh, occurred to me and I thought maybe there was something there that we could do uh, something with. So you get dug in then into your own personal uh, resources. Right, you go back and live your life all over again trying to... I, I think we should make a point <clears throat> that uh, we don't mean to be anti-lawyer or anti-accountant here. Some no. people are made to be lawyers, some people are made to be accountant, but you're, you're no more made to be an accountant right. than I was to right. be a lawyer. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, as they say, somebody has to do it. That may sound like a very... <laughs> uh, Proud thing to, to say, but it's a sweeper too. It, it, it happens no, to be true. We come to Bob <clears throat> Newhart then, and another specific routine. Uh, one intrigues me very much in this album. Uh, by the way, I think we should point out this album is uh, High Fidelity. That's it's Warner Brothers. Warner it's Brothers. Warner Brothers album right. W one three seven nine, and you have about well, if they seven could, seven different skits here or so. If they go into the stores and ask for W one three seven nine, I don't think they're no, going to get the button down, mind <laughs> Bob. There again, you see the. You're your protesting form. <laughs> <laughs> the button-down mind of Bob Newhart. And perhaps uh, we should lead into your Lincoln. Uh, there's one Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. Would you mind telling us a bit about this? Uh, I know some people may interpret this in a, in, a, in a strange way, unless you explain perhaps the background. How did you come to... Or should we hear it first? I'm just debating this. I suppose you, suppose you sort of offer a prologue. You came to write this. <clears throat> well, I came to write it. I, I'd been thrown in with ad people, um, and again, I don't want to put down ad the ad business. Um, but you may, I, if you wish. I, no, I I, uh, I would if I if I thought that they deserved it. But uh, there there are aspects of it mm -hmm. that I think are again. Uh, it's like the the test for the personnel people, uh, a little too scientific. Um, 
I had been thrown in with that. People, this again was something I felt strongly about, and once I got the conception of the idea, it wrote itself, really, as, as most most of the good routines do. Once you get the idea, they just go. There, there's no real effort involved in them. Um, I, I was talking to somebody one day, and I mentioned uh, something about a press agent for Lincoln. And when I got home that night, I began to think about it. And this is an ideal of press, rela uh, press relations uh, man's dream. I mean, uh, you couldn't create a more perfect uh, image than, than Abe Lincoln. He used the word image just now, see, and this is a word that's used very often yes, in, yeah. in ad agencies among public relations men. And here then, is it you were, you in a sense were bothered by the whole cliche, mechanical, cut and dried approach of PR men today? Well, again, it, it almost goes back to the form thing because the they, they tend to think in terms of phrases rather. Uh, let's put it, you've heard them all, let's put all the noodles on the plate and uh, run it up the flagpole and see who salutes. And uh, the quoting of the phrase seems to solve the problem. You know, as long as you can quote an acceptable phrase, you seem to have. Uh, and so we'll finalize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll finalize we'll, it, we'll, firm we'll, it up. Well, we'll wrap it up. Right. Firm it up. Big ball of wax and, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, if we come back to that one target of yours, and certainly it's a key target. It's, it, it's form as against the man. Right, right. As against improvisation, right? The dehumanization. The dehumanization. Here, then, uh, Mr. Lincoln and a, a public relations. You introduced this at a club somewhere. Where yes, was this? Yes, this was done in, uh, in Houston, Texas. Uh, well, I think it should be pointed out the, uh, this recording is a candid one. This was all done at one club, was it? That's right, yes. At Houston, Texas, and so the audience is there. This is a, it's a live audience. You won't have to make uh, any technically augmented comment after this. Bob Newart and, uh, and the fantasy of a public relations man meeting Lincoln. I think it should be pointed out that in case people... You're not at all irreverent. No, I, I, I respect to, Lincoln very much. I admire him. The, 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 the uh, target here is public relations. Really, yes, that. because the disclaimer is that there was no Lincoln. Uh, they would have had to take whoever happened yes. to be in office at that time and had to create a Lincoln out of him. As we were listening to this, there's something you were, you were saying to me here. Uh, you dropped a phrase about you weren't conscious of the, fa uh, of the train, the thread through all your work that you realize, now as you listen to this, that it's uh, form, the mechanical way of life that you're bucking throughout in every one of your uh, routines. Well, very often, uh, uh, Studs is out of something, a conversation with, with you, that uh, people tell you this. You, you aren't really aware of it yourself. Uh, um, I'm just now looking back and, and realizing that, that there is this uh, rebellion against form, uh, which I wasn't aware of, that, that seems to run through everything. Yet my next bit may, may be entirely yeah. different from this, because you, you limit yourself if you, yes. if you try to think in terms of... Uh, well, at least, you're not, uh, at least if you, you limit it, if you're thinking of it consciously. Right, right. But there it is, though. It, it seems to, uh, it's a recurrent, uh, yes. a recurrent thing. In one of your other uh, uh, sketches, the SS, the USS Codfish. The codfish Here's yeah. a takeoff on the military mind. Uh, well, this, is, this again is, is how the military, and it seems only in the military and possibly in civil service, uh, and I think this is a real danger. Civil service and administrative law is, it's frightening. Uh, I, I've been uh, kicking around a bit on, uh, on uh, the, the peace treaty and, and how they were, how it was uh, finally done. And just to give you a little, a little bit, because it really isn't that well formed in my mind, I sort of see a Navy lieutenant really handling the whole thing, 
and talking with the Russians and, and explaining to them, well, now look, fellas, I know, I know every time we get, the, you know, we invite you in here, you get the same thing thrown at you. You were only in nine months, you know, and so therefore you aren't tied to a lot, but uh, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, what, what do you want? All right, Port Arthur, you got. All right, well, what else? Guam. All right, uh, l let me ask you this. Have you ever been to Guam? You know, but, well, believe me, I've been to Guam. You don't want Guam. Take my word, you don't want Guam. Anything else you want? California. Well, not not Z, and then it goes on yeah. from there. Um, so I think uh, this applies to civil service that so many decisions and so many people's lives are being affected by some $4,000 a year clerk that is merely uh, applying and not really applying but making administrative law, you know. I'm talking about uh, well bureaucracy that you're talking yeah, about. In yeah, sense. it's really. Uh, or you could say fifty thousand dollar a year executive too. The same thing would apply. It's, yeah, that's the same. Thing. I, I, as I long as the thinking is the I, same. If I may defend the four thousand dollar, <laughs> it's the mind. It's the nature of a certain right, mind. Right, right. And again, we come back to Bob Newhart's uh, credo. I, I hope I, I, I'm not offering you this credo. I seem to see it in your work. Perhaps I'm not. I don't mean to read in too much into it, but it seems to be so. Well, I'm. Yeah. I'm uh, as, as I say, this is uh, this is the way you get a picture of yourself. And there's some. I'm sure you've been told this often. Your gentle, your soft, gentle approach, which is so, which is so uh, unconventional for a a comedian as we've known him. Aside from the new ones of our days, such as more. Well, it, it, um, again, uh, you talk about the one-liners or the stand-up comics. I could never do that. Uh, therefore, I have an admiration. Something you can't do, you have an admiration for for someone who can. And I, I admire these people. They're um, Burl and, and Gleason and Silvers and people like that that uh, most people put down because they aren't modern. No, they're, say, they're masters of their own masters medium. of, sure, of a technique and, and of sure. a timing, and Benny especially, of a, of a timing. That, uh, but I couldn't do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not... Just you couldn't be an accountant. I couldn't be an accountant. <laughs> well, Bob Newhart, uh, this is, uh, you've, you've given us insight into your way of creating and offering uh, a sketch, a commentary, really. I will point out again to the audience, uh, there's a, oh, there's driving instructor, a very funny one. That's a, it's a pilot for a new TV series, <laughs> take off on that. Uh, the baseball one, we've heard an excerpt from. The Khrushchev landing rehearsal is quite fun. Take off on TV, really. Really. Uh, TV documentaries. The so. story is how the TV director is completely unconcerned with, with history or, or international relations. He's got a program, he's got to get on on the nose and get it off on the nose, and, this is his, and get the commercials in, and that's his primary concern. Here again, we come back to your theme. Again, form. And uh, the Wright brothers and merchandising, uh, they tried to sell air travel. Today. Right, today. Abe Lincoln versus Madison Avenue, of course, and the crews of the USS Codfish. It's uh, uh, just the button-down mind of Bob Newhart, the album, uh, Warner Brothers, the label, and that uh, Mr. Kelly's in person for another week and a half another or so. Another week and a half. Well, Bob, thank you very much, and we hope we'll hear, we know we will hear more from you, more of your new, as you're thinking of them. Observe, I imagine you keep on observing, and we'll yes, keep on you have to. hearing and finding out. Bob Newhart. Thank you, Studs. I, I really enjoyed it, fully minded. Thank you very much.